Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Curious, do you ever think much about people's last words? I know there's been books written or things said on, you know, things, the last words of saints and sinners was a book I once read. Sometimes on a tombstone, you see someone's last words, what they want to be remembered by. Indeed, if a person is uh, cognizant, aware of their surroundings, the last thing they told you is often important. Today, I'd like to look at the last thing Jesus ever said to us. Let's get right into our study. Here we go. In, in After his resurrection, okay, now these last words are a little bit more significant than other people's last words, because most people's last words are before they die. Jesus's last words are actually after he rose. And after his resurrection, he seemed to have two messages. Number one, it's me. I'm really alive. I've risen from the dead. If you got to touch me, touch me. Look here at the nail holes in my hands, the spear wound in my side. Give me something to eat. Let's talk about it. I want you to know I'm not a ghost. You're not imagining me. I'm really alive. I've conquered death. I'm resurrected. It's me. After that, it seemed like his primary message was pretty simple. Tell everybody about it. Let's look at a couple of these verses. In Mark 16, verse 15, he's pretty straightforward. He just simply tells them, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go tell everybody. Preach the gospel. Proclaim it. This is good news. The kingdom has come. I've died for your sins. I've conquered death. I've risen from the dead. This is a hope for all people, every nation. Every person, every tribe, every language, every ethnicity. And indeed, many people have been committed to this throughout time. I know in our generation, there's been so much effort given to world missions. And how exciting, even what we're doing right now over the internet, the possibility of going to places that, you know, if you went there in person, you might lose your head, you might be thrown in prison, you might have no chance to talk to people. And the opportunities of reaching lost people with the good news of Christ are greater now than ever in the history of the world. Go preach the gospel. But he also, in another commission, he made it, he spoke a little bit more. And he he added to this in Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. This is what's known as the Great Commission. And the Great Commission says this. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It seems here that that there's a couple things I want to comment here. When he said all the nations, this would have been... How would the disciples have understood this? They had seen up to this point, they had thought that that God was interested in the Jews. If you wanted to become a follower of Yahweh, you would need to become a Jew. And now he's telling him to go to all the nations, go to the other peoples, go to the Gentiles. This isn't just for Israel. It's not just for this plot of land. It's not just for the Jewish people. This message is for everybody, everywhere, all throughout the whole world. This must have been startling to them. 
You look back in the Gospels and times when when they they were kind of surprised Jesus wanted to talk to a Samaritan or Jesus wanted to talk to a Gentile, the non-Jews. But Jesus was telling them now, it's time, it's time, it's time. Take it to the whole world. They struggled with this. You'll even remember in Acts chapter 10 when Peter was told, you know, God had to say, arise, kill, and eat. He was giving him a vision to eat unclean food. And Peter said, I'm not going to eat unclean food. I've never done that. And then he realized God was saying, no, don't consider the Gentiles to be unclean. That's what the purpose of this vision, when God called him down to preach the gospel in, in, to Cornelius, a Gentile in, in uh, Caesarea Maritima. And there, interestingly, Peter had never even set foot in a Gentile's house before. And now here he's in his home preaching the gospel as the first Gentile saved. So this was a new thing to them. But the point being, go to the Gentiles now. Go to all the nations. And he told them to make disciples. And really, there's like a two-step process in this. Number one, he told them to to be baptized. I think he's referring there to their salvation. Now, I'm not saying there are some groups that teach that salvation is, or excuse me, baptism is what saves us. And we're saved at the moment of our baptism. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is baptism should be done as soon as possible once you have faith in Christ. If you've never been baptized yet, if you're a believer in Jesus and you've not been baptized since having faith in Jesus, you really should be baptized immediately because this is, the, this is what the Bible says. This is what Jesus taught would be the, the, the first step, the, the recognition, the acknowledgement, you're now a believer in Jesus Christ. You're a follower. You are a, you're entering into this relationship as a disciple, a follower, a believer of Jesus Christ. The second step is teach them to observe all I've commanded you. And this is what, what he's called us to do, the disciples to do, what he's called us to do. Because you ask the question, well, all the things Jesus told us to do, should I be teaching that or should we be teaching that? Yes, because, because he taught his disciples to teach us and we should then be teaching others what we've learned. This is passed on from generation to generation. So a, a couple of questions obviously arise. How have we done and what role can I play? And although we still have a lot to do in terms of world evangelism, it's exciting to realize that the Christian faith has spread through so much of the world. Primarily now, the only place we're not is a place where missionaries are so forbidden that if you go there, like you're going to get killed. That's the primary place where we're not taking the gospel. Now, there are some parts of the world that are really, really hard. Europe is a pretty hard place. There's freedom to go and preach the gospel there. And actually, many of us here in the United States, Europe is not that different from us. I mean, you know, in terms of culturally, lifestyle, things of this nature. But there's a that's a tremendously dark continent where they once had more Christian faith than they do now. It once was where the Reformation came. And now it's a place of where agnosticism, secularism, atheism is far more prevalent, far more prevalent than a faith in the living God. There's places like the Muslim world where if you go there, that's also quite a dark place. But if you go there, you might lose your head. And and uh, so th- there's difficulty going there. And there's places, the Hindu world, 
where there are missionaries. More, there's more unreached people groups in India and Southeast Asia than any part of the world. If you were to look at a map of unreached people groups, and, and they have these available, where uh, groups that have no real gospel uh, input, no, gos- no church, no gospel, where they've not reached that group at all, there's more in India. You'll see a map, and there's a little red dot for every one. Well, you've got places throughout the world where it's kind of scattered red dots, and India's like one solid red continent, uh, nation. Very unreached place. And we're glad that some people from India are coming on here and are doing their best and contributing to world evangelism, to reaching their land of India. We're doing our best. The gospel is, it's interesting as we think of world evangelism, there's some places in the world the gospel is going forth more strongly than others. In America, we've often historically been thought of as more or less a Christian nation. Not that everybody's been saved here, but where the predominant religious beliefs were Christian. We've been on the decline from that over the last couple of generations. But there are other places in Africa, South America, China, other parts of Asia, where the gospel is really going forth and the church is growing. Don't ever think the church is in decline. The kingdom of God is growing. The leaven he put in the little, that he says is leaven in a lump will will feed the whole lump. That's growing. And worldwide, we can so often just see what we see in America and be disturbed by persecution or, or a lack of freedom or the rise of, of ungodly worldviews in our country. But don't neglect to see that God is moving in our world and, he's, and, he's, and the kingdom's advancing around the world. What part can you play? What part can you play? I, I think that Every one of us needs to see the Great Commission is for us. When Jesus said, go into all the nations, this is for every one of us. This wasn't just for like people who are called to do this. It wasn't just for leaders. And this is part of the reason there's not work being done. I've often thought that the, the church, in my mind, I've had this image of kind of being like a football game. We've got thousands of people in the stands that are cheering, and you just got a few people down in the field playing their heart out, getting beat up, exhausted, worn out. And I've just thought, imagine, like I'm a Buckeye fan, imagine if when you know we play our arch rival Michigan, and they're in our stadium, and we put our 11 guys in the field, and, uh, and, and then we get to bring down 100,000 more and put them on the field too. We'd score every time we hike the ball. We'd just overrun them. And the truth is, we got a lot of believers that got to get in the game. We're all, we're in the stands cheering. We got to get in the game, and if we get in the game, we could be winning a lot more. Let me suggest five ways that you can get in the game. All right, number one, you can be a missionary. You can go, and God might call some of you to go to other countries. Often He calls us in our youth to be. Pre- this will be our career. We prepare for it, and we do this in our youth. Sometimes we do this after retirement. We've worked and, and now we have, you know, we've, lots, of time, lots of us live a long time after we retire. And God might lead you to really go and be a devoted missionary, maybe even overseas. Secondly, you can be a sender. Senders are, I'm thinking, primarily financially. And there's some people who have the means to give generously and help people who are advancing the gospel. 
And, and, and you, so you can be a sender and you can be contributing to the advancement of the gospel, both here in America and overseas. And I do want to say, I mentioned India, but one of the largest unreached countries in the world today is the United States. So don't forget the U.S. We're not, this country is not evangelized anymore. You might say, well, anyone who wants can go get the gospel. Well, yes, maybe, but young people today are given more reasons not to believe than to believe. And we particularly need, in, in this country, one of the largest countries in the world and one of the most influential, we certainly need evangelists and missionaries in America too. Not just people go out to build relationships, but people go out and preach and proclaim the gospel as it says in Mark 16, 15. So you can be a missionary, you can go. And, be, and going might mean you go here in America. It might mean you, you, you go in your own neighborhood, but you can be focused on going. And God may call you that. You can be a sender, thinking primarily financially. You can be an intercessor. And an intercessor is someone I believe that is given to prayer. I've shared before about a woman who, before I even was saved and then afterwards, Mrs. Dornberg, we called her Granny D, and she would pray for hours every day. She'd wake up, she'd tell me, wake up three or four in the morning and pray until she had breakfast, which was at noon. I'm thinking that's eight or nine hours of prayer each day, and I was on her prayer list, and I have no doubt that part of the fruit in my life is in response to her prayers for me. You can be an intercessor. I'm talking about someone who's given to prayer, given to it hours each day, really knows how to connect with God and cry out to God on behalf of others. You might be an intercessor. You might be a mobilizer. Mobilizers are, are usually leaders who help connect people, help inspire and encourage and, and motivate others to get into the game and then provide a way to do so. Help them know, how, if you're going somewhere else, how do you learn the language? How do you prepare? what's involved in moving to another country, all of these aspects of mobilizing for the mission. And you could be a host right here. Do you know there are hundreds of thousands of students come to the United States for education, many of them from nations that we cannot, we cannot freely evangelize in them, and many of whom are going to be significant leaders in their nations in the years to come. Sometimes when I've preached on Ivy League schools, I've wondered, hmm, is there someone walking by who one day might be a king in another country or the president of another country, maybe even the president of ours? So you never know who might be, who you could reach, and particularly this field of, of uh, uh, on, our, on our campuses who come here as international students, as well as uh, there's a lot of Im immigrants and refugees coming here that whether you agree with the, the government policies on it or not, the point is they're here. Let's evangelize them. Five things you can do to get in the game. We're not all called to do the same thing. In a football game, they're not all the quarterback. They're not all the offensive linemen. Everyone contributes some. If you got to throw a block, you throw a block. If you got to pick up the ball and run with it, you do it. All of us should be involved at some level of talking to people, contributing financially, praying for others, helping others get going and so forth. All of us should be involved at some level in most of these five roles. But some of us will be really given to them, really given to them. And I'd like to encourage you today, are one of these something that you're given to? A goer, are you going to go? 
You're going to be a sender and give. And I'm talking not, you know, I'm not talking about you just give a little bit extra. I'm talking about you really help fund a missionary or a mission, uh, uh, an advancement. You really are giving where you're giving is making a big difference. Or maybe your prayers, like I said, not just where you remember them at, when you pray at dinner time, but you're really an intercessor and you're connecting with God and doing spiritual warfare in your prayers, mobilize or host right here. Which one are you? Let's all get in the game. Let's make a difference. Let's evangelize our world for Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gospel. Jesus, we thank you that you gave us this final commission. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Preach the gospel to the whole world. It's a message worth telling, and we bless you for it. Thank you that we can declare it. It's good news. It's victory. It's, it's the triumph of Jesus Christ. It's the way of salvation. It's, it's reconciliation with God. It's forgiveness of our sins. We thank you for all that the gospel is. I pray, Father, for each one of us that we would know what role we can play in really advancing the gospel. We pray your gospel go forth into all the nations. We pray, Father, it would, be, uh, it would prevail. We pray it would grow uh, rapidly throughout the world. And I think, Lord, of every nation, And so, Lord, we pray for those who go. We pray for those who send. We want to pray for those who really do warfare and through their prayers. We pray for the the leaders of organizations that help prepare people for the mission field. We pray for those who are really focused on reaching even internationals in our country. And we pray for, for our country as well here in the United States that your gospel go forth mightily. We pray and bless you. We give you this day for your glory. Help us live this day in the victory of Jesus Christ and to walk in the joy of the Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Don't you love the Bible? So practical. What a powerful message Jesus gave us. Go make disciples. Christianity is the worldwide religion. You don't have to change your language to become a Christian. You don't have to change your dress. You don't have to change your ethnicity. You don't have to change your cultural habits. You don't have to start eating special foods. It's for everybody all over the world. Let's tell them about it. Amen. Thanks for joining me. If you're here regularly, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to be sharing with the word, sowing the seed in the good soil of your life. It encourages me. Thank you for coming and hearing, being a part of our community. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you'll join us. Just subscribe to the channel, but do more than that. Set a time in your day that you'll watch regularly. Make a commitment to get in the Word of God every single day. God bless you. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.